What's the most downloaded app in the world? I'm going to give you one hint. It's not TikTok. And why did Peacock's revenue double last week? Stick around to find out. Welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, your weekly no-fluff data-first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. Ariel from Figures here, and I'm going to round out this week with five highlights for you. And we'll open with a new report we just published this morning about the most downloaded apps. There are a few interesting trends I want to touch on, but first, let's look at the winners. Instagram was the most downloaded app in the world in September, followed by TikTok. Facebook WhatsApp and Snapchat were right behind it. If you're comparing this to August list, which I will link to in the description, it's identical. The numbers are a little bit lower, but that's pretty much all that's different about it. The same names, the same order. Surprised? Nah, you shouldn't be. If you've been following these for long enough, they're pretty much almost all the same. But that's really the top half of this list. If we dig down a little bit lower, we see a few new names. So we have Misho. Play it and share a VPN that are making this list this month. And these three underscore the trend that I was mentioning before. And that's that India is a massive gold mine for downloads. Those last three that I mentioned are actually mainly there because of India. Misho is India only, Play It is mostly India, and Share VPN is also, again, mostly downloaded by, um, by people in India. And that was just massive for them in September, it brought them into this list. But that's not all. Instagram, the number one winner, the top, was also fueled to the top because of downloads from India. Snapchat, same boat. Not really TikTok because they're banned in the country. So TikTok's growth is all on its own. But almost everyone else on this list has a large share of downloads coming from India. And it's not a surprise. India has become the kingmaker a while back. And because of its sheer size, I don't see that changing anytime soon. And it gives it a lot of leverage. It gives the government a lot of leverage to make sure that what happens in the App Store and on Google Play is to their liking. We've seen that with what they did with PUBG. We have seen that with how they're trying to control Twitter. And I bet you we'll see that happening again and again and again. But I think that's just the reality of what life is right now. And if you're a developer and you have an app or a game on the App Store or on Google Play, you would benefit greatly from optimizing for India specifically. So localizing your app or game and also making sure that all of your app store optimization fits the country specifically, not just the keywords, but really everything. Um, that's going to give you a huge boost. And if you're not doing that, you're just leaving a ton of money on the table. So pause this video, go localize and optimize your app, and then come back later. Next up is Tinder. So a part of the report that I just mentioned is not just the most downloaded apps. I also looked at the top apps by revenue in the US. And there's going to be a link in the description, so go and check it out. But Tinder was the app with the most revenue in the US in September. And it was big. It was really, really, really big. I actually went back to see if they've ever had the number one spot. And the answer is no. This is the first time. So just how big this is? According to our estimates, Tinder brought in $197 million in net revenue from the US in Q3. That's net meaning after Apple and Google take their 15 or 30% cut. So that's $197 million that Tinder is keeping in its pockets. And that's only from the U.S. Not only is that the biggest quarter of revenue, it's also 30% higher than the previous best quarter, which happens to be Q2 of this year. And if you like big numbers, it's also 885% higher than Q1 of 2017 for some context. So there's a lot of growth there. 
Tinder's biggest market by far is the U.S., which is responsible for just about 70% of its revenue. But year over year, many countries have grown double digits, some even triple digits. Italy, Switzerland, and Sweden grew more than 130%. And all three are generating millions, so this is significant. Revenue in Germany grew by 68% to 26 million year over year. So far into 2021, Israel and Russia grew by 60%, Mexico by 55%, and the list goes on. It's really a good time to be in the Tinder business. And since we're talking about huge growth, we have to talk about Peacock. Have you seen Peacock's revenue this week? In case you haven't, it's gone way up, and by that I mean revenue doubled. This is the biggest single-day jump in Peacock's entire history, and by a lot. We estimate that net revenue across the App Store and Google Play grew by as much as 150% over the last few days, starting on Friday, where it grew by 110%, peaking on Sunday with 150% growth, and slowing down, slowing, to 122% extra on Monday. Revenue was still considerably higher as we continued in the 80s, 80 and 87% as we edged towards Wednesday. In total, Peacock added to 28 million dollars in net revenue between Friday and Wednesday, according to our estimates. And for context, it took it nearly two weeks to add the same amount before the spike. So what happened? La Brea happened. That's the name of a new disaster drama that's taken off like wildfire on NBC's now no longer new streaming service. The show was released in late September and within two weeks became what some suggested could be the next lost. That's kind of big. And I'm not even a lost viewer, and I know that. You know how I always say content is king? Content is king. And for streamers, that's a necessity to survive and to thrive. And that's why we're seeing new content from really all these, from HBO Max, from Disney, from Peacock, from all the other streamers that are trying to compete in today's market. And we're seeing it at a pretty reasonable rate for us consumers. And we're seeing it come fast. Um, the world is very different now than it was uh, just a couple of years ago for streamers. And the streamer that will win will be the one with really the most content and the most excitement. So far, HBO Max seems to be the one winning the race. And they're expanding into Europe next week. So you can bet you're going to hear me talk about them next week. But it's all the content. All about content. Content is king. I know I said it multiple times, but I mean it. Switching gears, let's talk about Slack. When I analyze the top business apps for the monthly report... I noticed Microsoft Teams was ranking pretty high on the list. It's actually fourth in downloads overall for business apps. But you know who's not there? The app I use daily to communicate, and that's Slack. So where's Slack these days? To do that, I wanted to look at the numbers. And look at the numbers. The easy answer here is that for Slack, it's just business as usual on mobile. For Microsoft Teams, it's not at all. Just massive, crazy, awesome growth. Now, Teams and Slack are the most popular business chat tools, but there's another we all hear about a lot these days, and I've covered a lot in the newsletter and on the podcast. Um, and it's not really technically a business tool, but it's a chat service, and a bunch of people use it, a lot more than Slack, as you'll see soon enough, and that's Discord. Side by side, we can see that Slack's downloads have remained fairly consistent over the last few years. Since 2019, downloads actually increased a little bit from a little under 600,000 a month to a little over 800,000 in September, according to our estimates. And with no additional context, I'd say it's safe to say they're doing okay. You know, they're doing all right. But then we look at Teams, which we estimate to have added 13.6 million downloads in September. 
and Discord, which our estimates put at 9 million downloads in September. And all of a sudden, Slack's, you know, a few hundred thousand just looks small and insignificant. Now, Teams, which has been around for a while, really only started pushing when lockdown started. So we can see, if you look at the trend, that they were doing just about the same as Slack for the longest time, and then all of a sudden everything jumped. And that's when they introduced Teams to Office 365, and it was a checkbox away from being on everyone's computers. But that's not what we're even seeing here because we're looking at mobile downloads. So they pushed it on desktop, and then users downloaded it on, on their phones, on Android, and on their iOS devices, which means there is demand. People are actually using Teams. That's what this data suggests. So normal for Slack, but massive crazy for Teams. I don't know what that means for Slack. I kind of do know what that means for Slack. It means that their huge user base that they have acquired over the years, which includes me, is probably here to stay and that's not going to change anytime soon. But it means they need to invest more in their product because it was really stagnant. And for the longest time, I and I'm sure others have felt that they were just spending time trying to figure out a way to sell out. Now, I, I know there are Slack people in the crowd and I don't mean it as a negative. I just mean it. Uh, the product wasn't giving me exactly what I wanted. And now we've seen a wave of new additions. Um, clips are in there and huddles are in there and video quality has become a little better and things are a little bit more stable. They're not exactly as stable as I would like them to be and I have to restart it on my computer a whole bunch of times. Hopefully that gets fixed too. But in general, the product is getting better and I think that's what competition brings to the table and I'm glad that that exists. Did you change from Slack to Teams or maybe Teams to Slack or maybe skipped one and went directly to the other? Leave a comment. Let me know. I'm kind of curious. We'll end the week with a game. One game has been slowly climbing the, the money mountain in the US and that's Royal Match. Matching games do very well. We, we know that. I don't need to explain it. But Royal Match is doing exceptionally well and it's doing it fast. Our estimates show that since launching in March, Royal Match earned $55 million in, again, net revenue in the U.S., and 11 of that came in September. That's not the only impressive data point. Since March, the game has been averaging double-digit month-over-month growth. The growth slowed down a tiny bit in September to about 6%. That's slow. Uh, but considering it's back to school, that's not at all surprising. Now, the other side of this is you're probably saying, oh, a game that's advertising probably, and that's how they're getting all of their money. So I looked at our ad intelligence to see just how many ads they're putting out there. And I found actually more than 300 unique ads, unique creatives that they're spreading across multiple networks, which means they're advertising actively and obviously also efficiently. But there's one thing to keep in mind. Advertising will get you downloads. It's not necessarily going to get you revenue. You still need to convert the user, to engage the user, to retain the user, all these words. You still have to do all of them. And it seems like this game is doing a good job at that. And that's a good thing. Now, I looked at the ads, and the ads are really hilarious, so I might even try this game. But it made me think of something else. When you look at the trend, you see that it ebbed and flowed a little bit over the last few months. And I think... That's kind of a, in a relationship to everything that's happening in the market around ads. There are all these conversations. The last week was full of them about how paid ads are now not as good because you can't target them as well. And you can't target them because Apple decided to take away unique identifiers. And so it's in a weird spot right now. I don't think that's going to last a long time. And the reason is there's enough demand. There's enough supply. Um, there's enough consolidation in the market 
We saw Apple Oven, we saw Iron Source all making big acquisitions. And we know that the technology is changing. Modeled attribution, something that Google talks about all the time, is now becoming a lot easier and more attainable. So I think slowly things will steer back, even though we don't have all the tools that we used to have before. And by that, I mean a unique identifier for users. So I think that's going to continue, but it's still about retaining and engaging and making sure that people are actually using the game enough to pay money in it. That's the name of the game. Pun not very intended. And that's all I have for you this week. If you enjoy the insights, please consider subscribing to the channel so I can continue making these videos for you. If you have any questions or any thoughts or any feedback, drop it a comment below and I'll try to respond to it. That's it for me. See you next week.